Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. I remember being 14 or 15 years old and me and a friend, we really wanted to go camping. So we planned this little trip. We found this lake in the Lake District and on this lake, there was this tiny little island. And we said, that's the place that we want to camp. So we asked our parents and my parents' only condition was that my friend's parents took us the weekend before and kind of like scoped out where it is and kind of gave the nod that it was all safe and okay. So weekend before we go to the lakes, we're showing them around and we say, that's the island that we want to stay on. So me and my friend, we jump in this little canoe and we head across this lake to go to this island. And the closer we got to the island, there was a moment where we heard this crazy sound of like the honking of a goose. And we look around, this Canadian goose is flying towards us. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like dipping at us and it's like doing everything it can to stop us from getting to this island. It was crazy. And we were kind of like freaking out and and we made it to the island. We showed his parents around. It was all good. We got the nod. We were allowed to go. We kind of forgot about our running with this Canadian goose. So the next weekend came, 14, 15 year old me. We were super excited. We packed our bags. We had our bikes. We, We cycled to the train station. We got the train all the way to the Lake District. We got our, made our way to this lake and uh, we began to kind of like pump up this little boat. We made it across uh, and got onto the island, completely unscathed. And uh, we started unpacking our stuff and heading to the place that we were gonna spend the night on this little island. And uh, there was a moment we were kind of heading right to where we needed to be. And that same familiar sound, the honking of that Canadian goose began to, we heard it again. We were like, what is going on? And in the middle of the path, as we were walking, we see this same goose, or we think it was the same one. It was going crazy at us. It was honking, it was making all this noise. It was like fluffing itself up to make it big and intimidating. And we were kind of, again, freaked out, like what is going on? And uh, we managed to kind of draw it away from us and run around it. And as we were running around it, we noticed that just behind it, there was this little hole in the ground with a little nest with some eggs in it. And we noticed that this goose was doing everything it could to keep us away from its little nest, to keep us away from its eggs. And it was doing everything it could to intimidate us and push us away. And it's interesting, there is a profound inseparability between building and defending. Building and defending. If God has called you to build something in your life, there will be things that seek to tear you down or stop you from building whatever it is that God has called you to build. Over the past couple weeks, we've been looking at the book of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was this guy, he was an exile from Jerusalem. So Jerusalem had been sacked, it had been pillaged, everything had been burnt, there was rubble, there was mess everywhere. And Nehemiah was this guy, he wasn't able to return to his birthplace of Jerusalem. He wasn't able to return to like the place of his ancestors. He was in exile. So he was living as a cupbearer to the king of Persia. Now he feels that God is calling him to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, to rebuild the walls, this huge undertaking. 
So he feels like God is calling him to do it. So he goes to Jerusalem. He gathers this sort of unexpected grabble of people, this, this crowd of people that none of them were builders. None of them were like master craftsmen. They were just a group of random people that were available to rebuild this wall. So he gathers them. He says, we can do this. God is with us. Let's rebuild. So this group of people begins to rebuild. And we notice that there are these characters of opposition throughout the narrative of Nehemiah. So at the beginning, the, the voices of opposition sort of question Nehemiah. Are you sure this is what you should be doing? Are you not rebelling against the king of Persia by doing this? And this questioning sort of morphed into ridicule and, and mocking. The same voices then began to say, like, look at you guys. Like, you can't build anything. Like, what makes you think that you're going to be able to do this? How are you going to build it in, in this amount of time? It's far too big for you. You don't even know how to build. And then as the, the voices of opposition begin to see that progress is being made, those voices of opposition that, that were ridiculing and mocking then morph into voices that begin to plot against them and uh, seek to attack them and stop them physically from rebuilding. So there's this moment, there's this moment where a load of people, a load of the Jews run up to Nehemiah and, and they say, hey look, we have been, we are, we've been building, we're tired, there's like holes in the wall, we're not done yet, we've got a long way to go and we're just done, but look, the, the enemy is plotting to attack us, like what are we going to do? I wonder if you've ever felt like that where you, you feel like you've been pushing into what it is God has asked you to do, as he's called you to do, and maybe you just feel tired and you've been at this a while and, and you still feel exposed and vulnerable to attack and you just feel tired. They say to Nehemiah, we've worked so hard. Like the, the, the strength is wearing thin now. So Nehemiah notices, okay, these enemies, they're, they're, they're seeking to attack them. He gathers everyone together. He gathers the officials. He gathers the nobles. He gathers the priests. He gathers all the people involved. He gets them together and he says, hey, do not be afraid of them. Like, do not fear those guys. Remember God, the one who is mighty, the one who is great. Remember him and fight for each other. Fight for your wives, fight for your daughters, fight for your children, fight for your houses, fight for everything that you care about. It's interesting, isn't it, how Nehemiah diverted their attention, not just on, uh, on themselves, but onto those around them. Fight for those people you love. Fight for those around you. Fight for what matters to you. So he says, do not be afraid. Don't fear them. But remember God. And the enemy ends up hearing that uh, Nehemiah had kind of caught on to their plot. And what actually happened is they kind of backed down. The enemy didn't end up attacking. There was no fighting needed. So Nehemiah understood that there was a threat against him. He understood that there, was, there were people trying to attack him. So what he did is he sets up this defense strategy. So there was no fighting that ended up happening in this moment. But what he did was he knew that there were people out to try and stop him from building what it was that God was calling him to build. And that was the walls of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. So what he does is he splits people up. He says, right, you guys, you're going to hold, you're going to hold bows. You're going to hold spears. You're going to hold swords. And I'm going to post you in the gaps on the wall. And then he says to these builders who are building parts of the wall, you're going to hold with one hand all your building materials and the trowel, and with the other hand you're going to hold your sword. 
And then every single worker, every single builder that was rebuilding the wall had their weapon on them at all times. I think this is really interesting. Nehemiah gave them a trowel and he gave them a sword. He understood that there was this bond between building and defending. He gave people a trowel and he gave them a sword. So every single person, all the builders carried their sword on them. I think this is a beautiful picture of uh, the tension between building and defending. See, interestingly enough, a lot of us might end up just picking one of those. We might just carry the trowel. We might just focus on building. We might just focus on the progress. And, and we might just, you know, we actually don't need to defend. We leave the sword down. That's not for me. That can someone else's job. That's not who I am. The thing is, if we only focus on the trowel, if we only focus on the building, what happens is we might build, we might build the thing that God wants us to build, but it's actually exposed and it won't always last that long. In fact, it might not always be ours. If we leave things just down to progress, it will not last very long. But the thing is, you might be one of those type of people who is always on guard. You're ready. You're, you're ready to defend and you're not so bothered about the progress. You leave the trowel down and you pick up the sword and, and you're ready to defend. But the problem with only holding the sword is, is that you're always on your guard. And the building, it just ceases. The progress ceases. If you only commit to the trowel, the progress continues, but it's vulnerable. It's weak. If you only commit to the sword, yeah, you'll be guarded, you'll be defended, but the progress completely stops. See, carrying a trowel just leads to frustration and burnout. And just carrying the sword leads to this defensiveness and this overguardedness. And actually nothing, we will never end up building what it is God wants us to build. We're just constantly guarding. We begin to push people away and we begin to get paranoid. But Nehemiah understood this tension between building and defending. See, as soon as Nehemiah understood there was a threat, he put together a defense. See, you cannot flirt with enemy or opposition presence. You cannot be okay with the knowledge that there is something in the midst that actually seeks to tear you down. The second Nehemiah understood there was a threat, he understood he needed to defend. Because anything that is worth building needs to be defended. There's something about this bond between building and defending. It's interesting to me is that you're not necessarily defending the, the physical, like the material, the value of the material or, or the physical essence or what it is you can see. You're more so defending the vision or you're defending the potential or you're defending what you are yet to see. See, like when we encountered that, that Canadian goose on that little island when we were going to camp, that goose was, it wasn't just defending like the, the fragility of the shell or, or the, the stage that the, the little bird inside the egg was at. It wasn't just the, the stage that was seen in that moment, but actually that moment embodied something of future, embodied something of potential. That bird was defending its eggs because of the future that was to be lived. And it's just the same in our lives. Often when we are to build something and we're called to defend what it is, like to protect, to guard what it is, it might not be for the stage that it is at, but for the future that it is called to. See, God is calling you right now in your life to build 
ultimately, every single one of us, God is calling us to build a relationship with Him. He's calling us to build intimacy with Him. But maybe God might be calling you to build a family or to build a business or a charity or it might even be to rebuild some mental health, some things that have maybe been lost over the years, some things that have maybe torn you down or pulled you back. God's calling you to rebuild. But maybe you've missed this tension between building and defending. Maybe actually you've let some stuff into your life. Maybe you've let some, some things inside. You've been okay with some opposition presence that's actually now holding you back from building the thing that God has called you to build. I want to draw attention to uh, the book of 2 Timothy. And I just want to, to read through this passage and pull out some things that I think really speak into this. So like a little bit of context, we have this guy, Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's, he's written a lot of books in the New Testament. And he's right into his, his uh, mentee. He kind of mentored this guy called Timothy. And he's writing a letter to Timothy. He's kind of explaining things. And, and we have the privilege of being able to kind of get a fly on the wall of what's going on here with this letter. So I want to read this out. Listen to this. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul is saying to Timothy here, you are gifted. There's things that have been put inside of you. There is something within you. There is a calling deep within you that God has placed there. He's saying, fan it into flame. Build it. Let's see some progress. Like push on into it. Don't just let it lie dormant. Do something with what God's given you. Build it. Paul is saying to Timothy, don't let it just stay there. Fan it into flames. Then he says, for the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. He's saying, look, God has given us a spirit, not of fear, not to draw back into ourselves, but to be who he's called us to be, one of boldness, one of his power, not one to, to be timid and afraid, one to be one of his power, living in his power. He's saying, Timothy, be bold. That thing God's put inside of you, I want to see it progress. I want to see you live it out. I want to see you be the truest version of yourself, the thing that God has called you to be. He says, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Then he says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. He's saying, Timothy, God has called us. He has called us to a life. Let us actually live out that life of holiness. He has saved us not by anything we have done, not by anything we could work up, not by anything that Paul said, nothing you, Timothy, have done, but all that God has done in your life. He has called you to something. He has called you to future. He says, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Verse 10, But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Paul's saying, Timothy, the only thing that matters here is the gospel of Jesus. 
revealed in the person of Jesus. God has put stuff inside of us. He has placed a future and a hope inside of us. He's saying, just be bold. Don't be timid. Don't shrink back. But remember, God has called you to something. And that same God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And his gospel, his good news is the thing that is on your life. Let's push on a little bit. It said, and of this gospel, I was appointed a herald uh, and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. And this is the bit I want to focus on. Verse 13, it says, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and with love of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Paul is saying, Timothy, you have been called to something. The the, the power of this gospel that has transformed you from death to life. You have now been made new. You have been called into a glorious future. Guard the deposit that has been put inside of you. And the verse before, he says, look, I want you to follow these things I've taught you. Follow this this doctrine that I've taught you about Jesus. Follow these teachings that I've given to you. Use them as the pattern. But guard it. Guard this gospel. Guard the calling that God has put on your life. I think this is a really interesting passage. I wonder in your life, maybe have you let some things creep in to your life? Maybe there have been some, maybe some off teachings, maybe some bad theology, maybe some bad habits or some toxic thinking. Maybe you've let some bad relationships become, begin to poison what it is that God has called you to build. Whether it's a relationship with him or maybe it's something physical that God has said, I want you to build this business and I want you to help people. Whatever it is that God has called you to build, it is on you to defend it, to guard it. Remember this tension between building and defending. God is calling us to to find that balance. We have to build and we have to guard. We have to build and we have to defend. And Paul is saying to Timothy, look, God has called you to something. Guard what it is that he's put inside of you. Don't let some things kind of take you off. Because let me say, there are so many things that seek to pull you away from the person that God has called you to be. Your calling is worth far too much than that bad decision, than that bad relationship, than that that teaching that just feels good and sounds convenient, but actually will cost you your soul, will cost you your calling. Do not give up on what God has called you to because of any lack of desire to defend. Nehemiah understood that God has called them to something huge. Therefore, they needed to defend. Maybe in your life right now, you just feel like, well, what what is it I've got to defend? I haven't got a whole lot going for me. That's why I think it's so important that we aren't just defending what it is we see. We're actually defending what we are yet to see. I'm encouraged that actually the story of Jesus, as Jesus was sent to this earth to die for us, to redeem us back to God. It says in Romans that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
See, Jesus didn't come. God didn't send Jesus on this rescue mission when we had it all together. Like he was waiting for us. Like when these guys have everything together, then I'll come and I'll redeem them. It was whilst we were still broken. It was not for what we were, but what we would be. It was not the state we were in, but the state we could be in. He made a way back to the Father. Maybe you're listening to this and you've been a Christian for a while and you just think, you know what? Maybe I have let some things sneak into my life. Or maybe you're sat there thinking, you know what? Actually, I have just focused on progress. Uh, or maybe I've just focused on protection and I've, I've not made any progress. I've not grown. Today might be that day where you find that tension again, where you find that balance between building and defending. There is a profoundly inseparability about building and defending. You can't pull them apart. God wants us to defend what he's called us to build. Maybe you're listening to this for the first time and you just want to know this Jesus who calls us into a life of purpose, who calls us into a life of wholeness, the one who, who died for us whilst we were still broken, whilst we still sin. Maybe you want to know that Jesus, that one who, who has more for you than anything you can see right now. Today could be a day that changes your life forever. All you need to do today is to recognize that I have sinned, I am broken, I am dead in myself. Maybe today is that day where you actually just say, I want to turn from my sin and I want to follow Jesus. Follow him into hope. Follow him into fullness. You just need to pray a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my sin, my brokenness. I turn away from my old life and I step into this new life. I heard a teacher once say, the new you is the true you. That when you find yourself in Jesus, that is the fullest, truest version of yourself that you could ever be. Maybe today is a day that you will find that. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you have called every single one of us into a future of grace, of wide open space. I pray for every single person listening that maybe has, has knocked that balance a little bit, where maybe they've spent far too much time making progress and they're open and they're vulnerable and they've not been protecting themselves, protecting their relationship with you. Or maybe, God, they've just spent so much time being guarded and defensive and pushing people away. And God, I pray today for a restoration of that balance, a restoration of that tension that holds us in that place where we can grow and we can be guarded from the things that seek to pull us down. God, I pray for those people that made that decision for the first time today to follow you, to turn away from their old lives, their old selves, their sin, and to follow you with everything they got. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just reveal yourself, your nature, your heart, your love to them right now. God, I pray this would be a day where they begin to build their relation, build their relationship, build their intimacy with you. God, I speak against anything that would come and seek to pull them away. Maybe relationships or, or family problems or, or sin or addictions or habits or toxic thinking. God, I pray right now that they would just find a, a complete revelation of who you are today. We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.
It's been amazing to spend this time together today. And if you made that decision for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Dan and Grace are going to jump on in a few minutes and explain what these next steps will look like. I'm so encouraged. I want you to be encouraged too that God is not done. He is calling us to build. Let us be people that build and defend both individually and as a church. We love you and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.